Good morning, and uh, welcome to those that have joined us as we've been worshipping. Uh, it's meant to be a one-hour service this morning, so hopefully we're going to nail it this morning. We're not going to go on for too long. And uh, actually, when Robin, if you weren't here, Robin said there was an incredible speaker this morning. I was getting quite excited, so I was thinking, who's, who's here that I didn't know about? But um, we're going to start just by uh, watching a quick video. We're going to look at friendship this morning, just continuing in our a series on Proverbs. So I've got a little video which is quite funny and quite sweet just to show you, just to kick things off. So go for it. That's funny. It's quite sweet. I couldn't find an English one, but the Americans always do some good stuff like that. Um, but children are hilarious, aren't they? They're so funny to, to watch and to listen to. And I don't know if you've ever seen that show, The Secret Life Of, and it's like four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, different ones. But we, uh, we sometimes watch that, and we just think it's so funny. Um, just watching the children kind of interact with each other, work, working, watching them kind of navigate friendships and relationships, learning how to share and make friends. Because uh, making friends is such an important part of our, kind of, of our lives, as gr- growing up, part of our development. And, uh, you know, as a dad, I'm desperate to see our kids who are a little bit young, really, to make friends properly. But just to watch them kind of... Um, interact with other children and watch them kind of learn to share, learn to communicate. It's just really fun to watch that. And, and, I'm, and I can't wait for them to have friends that they bring home and, and, you know, we have to, well, cook lots of dinners for and stuff like that. But it's, it's such an important time for us as we grow up. Uh, who, who remembers their best friend? Just hands up if you can remember your first best friend. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, I remember mine, um, Lenny Brown, what a legend. And uh, he, he was my, uh, my best friend, I think, nursery. And he was such a good friend that we, when we were young, we even named our, our family car after him because um, it was brown and seemed to make sense. But So Lenny Brown, not in contact anymore, but he was my first best friend. Um, but friendship's so important. And the thing is, the people that are closest to us are the people that are uh, shaping who we become. So it's an important thing. 
And I just want to start by really looking at what what is a friend. And uh, I think social media uh, has dramatically changed kind of our, the way we understand what a friend is. And, uh, you know, it's easy to consider someone a friend because we follow each other on uh, Instagram or we're, you know, we, we chat on Facebook or maybe we send a message every now and then to each other. Um, and, and, and lots of us have many friends on social media. You know, it's quite a common thing, um, especially when you've kind of, like for Hannah and I, we've moved around quite a lot. So we've, we've gained friends wherever we've gone. So, um, you know, it, but it's, it's, does that really make them a friend if you're, if you're connected via social media? Um, you know, social media has dramatically changed the way that we communicate, the way that we communicate with each, with each other, and there's so many benefits to that. Uh, you know, we've got access to unlimited information. We've got um, we can connect with people all over the world. I think I've got friends in South Africa, or in America, or in New Zealand, and uh, you know that's really cool that we can connect almost instantly with people in in other countries, and we can share things that matter to us. You know, maybe. Other people aren't as interested, but we can share things that matter to us. Uh, but on the flip side, over the past few years, kind of um, psychologists have began to look at the effects of social media on our lives and, and on our mental well-being. And, and the consistent finding is that much um, heavy use of social media can actually um, be associated with poorer mental health. Um, so I don't want to spend this morning kind of bashing social media and saying, you shouldn't be on it, uh, you shouldn't use it, because I actually use it, and I really like it, and I think it has got its benefits. Um, if anyone does follow me on Instagram, you'll probably probably call me like an oversharer or something. Uh, I get quite a hard time from some of the, the guys here at church um, who constantly ask me sarcastically, do we have children, because they didn't realise. Uh, so I sometimes put a little bit too much up on Facebook and Instagram, and but I, I really like it. I think it's fun to keep in touch with people. I can see you laughing. You know, you know who you are. Um, so, you know, social media can give the illusion of friendship. But I think, I, I wonder today whether there, there may be people here who have got maybe hundreds of friends on social media. And, uh, but maybe feel in real life that you might not have any real friends. And uh, there might be people here who've got friends all over the world, but actually deep down feel that you're not really known by anyone. There's a... Someone sent me an article, um, I don't really read The Guardian, but someone sent me this, and uh, it caught my attention. It says, why are 30-somethings lonely? Uh, because society doesn't value friendship. And I thought it was an interesting little article, and uh, something that stuck out to me was the, the article highlighted that 22% of millennials, if you don't know what a millennial is, that's someone who was born between 1981 and 1996, so kind of early 20s to late 30s, 22% um, said that they had no friends. And I think that's really sad that that many people in that age group said they've got no friends. Um, and the thing is, as humans, we, were, we long for friendship. You know, We long for it, and it's, it's the way we were made. We're made for relationship. We're made for connection um, with one another. So looking at Proverbs, uh, we've been doing a series on Proverbs, and we're, I'm going to try and kind of unpack a little bit of the wisdom of Proverbs this morning. So... The book of Proverbs is full of, it's full of wisdom, isn't it? That's, that's what it is. It's full of wisdom, and particularly on the topic of friendship. It's got loads to say about friendship. And uh, it's got more to say about friendship than any other book in the, in the whole Bible. Um, that's because to have good friends, you need to have wisdom. And wisdom is not just knowledge, it's knowledge applied. So we're going to just kind of look at how can we, what knowledge is there and how can we apply it really to our friendships. And to start with, I just want to suggest that uh, true friendship 
is, is chosen in wisdom. So true, true friendship is chosen in wisdom. So you can't be friends with everyone. We, we, we know that. We can't, be, we can't really be friends with everyone, can we? Um, we only have a certain amount of time, a certain amount of capacity, and a certain amount of energy. We can't be friends with hundreds and hundreds of people. And uh, a wise man called Aristotle said that a friend to all is a friend to none. And I think that's, that's pretty true, isn't it? We all have limits, and we have to choose wisely about who we're investing our time in and who we're spending our time with. Um, the wisdom of Proverbs says that it's better to have a few close friends than a multitude of acquaintances. So looking at Proverbs 18.24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And in this proverb, there's a a clear distinction between a companion and a friend. And uh, often, I think we can focus on uh, the quantity of our companions rather than the quality of our friends. I think that that can be quite a common thing, especially with social media. You know, it's more important how many friends we have than actually how many people we're really, really in, in relationship with and really investing in. So just take a minute, just right now. Think, who are your true friends in your life at the moment? Who are your true friends? And if you had some good news, maybe who would you tell? Who, who, who would you call? Who would you tell? If you needed to blow off some steam, if you needed to have a rant, uh, who would you speak to? And if all, all starts to fall apart, if things start to go wrong, who would you call? And we just read um, that a friend sticks closer than a brother. So a friend is different from an acquaintance or a companion. A friend is different to a family member. It's different to a romantic relationship. And in some cases, the Bible even says it's better than a family member. Uh, and I thought I'd take this moment just to, I don't know if I'm embarrassing myself or my family, but I, I've got a picture, a couple of pictures. This is a nice one. So this is my, uh, this is my, uh, my sibling. So there's the handsome one on the end. That's, that's me. And then there's Dan next to me, my sister Grace, and... Andy, so it's on Grace's wedding day. Actually, this is the, this is the uh, most recent picture I could find of the four of us, so we need to get a, a new one this Christmas, I think. Uh, so that's us. They're my brothers and my sister. We're really close. We get to see each other quite a lot. We all live quite nearby. Actually, yesterday we were all together, had a family barbecue, which is really nice. Um, but the thing is, uh, they didn't choose to be um, my brothers and sisters. Like they, they were kind of just born that way. Uh, they didn't have a choice about it. They, they just stuck with me. Um, and we love each other and we're there for each other. But the difference is a friend is voluntary. You know, you have to choose to be a, a good friend and you have to choose to remain a good friend. Um, just whilst the pictures are up there, um, I'm going to just show you another one, which is of us in the... I don't, I, yeah, I don't know why Dan looks so angry, my little brother, at me, but I've obviously said something to him. And then just, I don't, this is definitely to embarrass me, but uh, this is a, li- a little bit older. Uh, as you can see, I've always been pretty trendy. And uh, actually, that's, I think that diagonal, Matt, isn't that where you got the idea to ch- die? No. Oh, I thought it was. I was setting the trend way back then. But I'm just going to leave that out there for a second, as long as it's not going to distract anyone. Um, so that's why it says that a friend sticks closer than a brother, because it's a voluntary thing. It's something you have to choose to do. And friendship's an essential part of Christian life and walking in wisdom. I'll get that down quickly. Uh, so Proverbs 18, verse 1 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. 
And it's easy to isolate yourself, isn't it? It's easy to try and go it alone. I'm an introvert. I can, deep down, I'm, a, I'm actually an introvert. I quite like time on my own. I quite like evenings where I just get to chill out without anyone to talk to. Like, that's not a bad thing. Um, but it is easy to sometimes think, you know what, I can do this on my own. I don't need the messiness of a relationship, of a friendship. Um, you know, the hard work of a friendship. But actually, that's the most unhealthiest thing we can do. We need friends. We, we need friends in our lives, but we do need to choose them wisely. And this is probably my favorite proverb, actually, now. Um, it took me a while to work it out, but uh, one who loathes honey, sorry, one who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry, everything is bittersweet. Uh, one who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry, everything is bittersweet. So if you're going to translate that into kind of modern day language, I guess you could probably say, don't go to Tesco's when you're hungry. Um, basically, you end up with all sorts of strange things that you really don't need, you really don't want. Uh, like if I go shopping, I just get loads of um, cereal bars and loads of cheese. And then uh, Hannah's just like, what are we going to do with that? Um, so she actually does on- online shopping now. It's much better for us. Um, but in a weird way, don't know, you can kind of apply this to friendship as well. And, uh, you know, you sh- we shouldn't choose our friends out of desperation, out of we just want a friend. But we're just going to pick the first person that, that seems to be interested in spending time with us. You know, what we need to do is we need to choose wisely and we need to have wisdom when it comes to choosing our friends and who we're spending our time with. Because, like I said earlier, it, our friends shape us and they, they shape who we're going to become. And if we spend time with people, we become more like them and they become more like us. So we need to be wise. We need to take stock of our friends and examine your relationships, which ones are healthy and which ones are unhealthy. Um, maybe some good questions to ask are, which friends make you love God more? And which friends pull you away from God, uh, pull you away from who God has called you to be? Um, if you're going to do something silly, which of your friends would uh, talk you out of it? You know, it's, it's important to, to think, think about these things, actually. So true friendships are chosen in wisdom. Um, and they're, secondly, they're forged in faithfulness. So they're chosen in wisdom and they're forged in faithfulness. It's not just about finding uh, the right friends. It's about cultivating the right sorts of friendships and the right sorts of relationships. So just practically, what does that, what does that look like? How do we cultivate the right sorts of friendships? Godly friendships, wise friendships. Again, Proverbs has got lots to say on it. Um, firstly, I'm going to suggest um, we need loving correction. And... Uh, there's a couple of problems that we'll start with the first one. So better is open rebuke than hidden love. And basically, hidden love is, uh, is hiding the truth, you know. It's, it's not saying what needs to be said. And uh, sometimes it doesn't feel like the most loving thing to do uh, in a friendship to have to say to your friend um, maybe that they've, they've upset someone or they've offended someone or they, maybe they've done something that they really shouldn't have done. Um, but actually sometimes um, challenging uh, and kind of lovingly correcting a friend is, is the best thing that you can do for them and for people around them. Um, growing up, my friend, um, my best mate really, growing up for most of my teens, um, we, we, we were pretty um, uh, f- firm on each other really. Like we, we gave each other permission to basically ca- call each other out on, on all sorts of things, whether it was just something stupid like language that we were using or things we were talking about or things that we were doing. And uh, we were pretty honest with each other. And we, we kind of invited that 
that kind of correction in each other's lives. And because uh, we wanted to call the best out of each other. We wanted to live lives that were more Christ-like. And, and actually, that's what good friends do. You know, they, they look out for each other. They, they call each other on things. Um, the, the second proverb up there is, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, and profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And wounds, wounds of a friend are, are words that hurt, but they're good for us. You know, we know they're good for us. And it's, it's quite rare, I think, in today's culture that, that, that this happens, that within friendships that we give each other permission to, to maybe um, speak into each other's lives in this way. And look at kind of X Factor and Britain's Got Talent. Um, we really love those shows because there's some amazing things that we get to see, talent and some amazing kind of acts that come on. But we also love it because there's some uh, really bad ones as well. And that's kind of part of the show, isn't it? Is, is, and, and actually, basically, I think what's happened is in a lot of cases, people just haven't had the, the guts to say, mate, um, we love you, but actually that's not your thing, you know? Maybe, maybe try something else um, before you go on TV and... <laughs> in front of everyone but but I think that's it's just it's not that common in our culture and we don't need to be moral police you know I'm not saying that we need to start going around and and pointing the finger at everyone for doing things that they shouldn't be doing because ultimately it has to be done in the right relationship it has to be done in the the right friendship and and it has to be done with wisdom Um, you know think about is it a pattern in their life or is it a one-off incident is it the right time and the right setting to say something and are you even the right person? You might not even be the right person to say something in their lives. It needs to be done with wisdom. And, uh, you know, one thing we should do is invite correction from our friends. Um, give permission to our friends to correct us and challenge us in our lives and our walk with Jesus. Um, it goes both ways. Like I said, it's not about judgment. It's about upholding standards. It's about making one another better. And it goes both ways. Um, there's a, you, you'll all know the proverb um, 27, which is iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And I think that's quite an in- interesting one. As God gives us good friends for character development, you know, to, to develop our character, to become more Christ-like. Um, but when iron sharpens iron, it does make it stronger. It does make it sharper. It makes it better. But also sparks can fly. And I think it, it's wise to know that sometimes in friendships, you know, sparks can fly a little bit. It's, it's uh, that's okay. You know, there can be difficulties, and actually, friendship's not easy. You know, when we actually look, when we're looking at what friendship is and what the Bible says friendship is, it's not actually that easy. Um, so you need a lot. It takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of grace. So, kind of second thing that I think we need to cultivate uh, these sorts of friendships in our lives is wise counsel. And I've got a little proverb to go with this one. So Proverbs 27 verse 9 says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. And uh, really, I'm just going to give an example for this one, I think. Um, I was kind of thinking through what what could I uh, use as an example for wise counsel. I thought, why not talk about alcohol? Because that's uh, a bit of a one that people tend to avoid talking about. Um, but so drinking alcohol, you know, the Bible is super clear that uh, that getting drunk and drunkenness is a sin. Um, it's clear on that. But what the Bible doesn't make clear is uh, where's the line from enjoying alcohol to abusing alcohol? You know, that, that's quite a hard one. It's not as simple as just making one rule where we say, OK, well, just one drink each and then that's that's fine. Because, you know, it, it requires wisdom. Everyone's different. Everyone uh, it depends on your body weight. It depends on how much you've eaten. It depends on how strong that one drink is. Um, and, you know, we need wisdom to know that when we get to that line, is where do you stop? You know, 
um, how do you know when your decision making is being affected? And, and that's partly down to us in, as individuals to work that out for ourselves. But sometimes we need friends as well. We need close friends to, 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 to kind of walk that with us and to say, um, you know, actually, I think you're having a little bit too much because um, maybe, you know, once you start to unbutton your shirt and sign up to sing, take that at karaoke, it's a, you've probably had a little bit too much to drink. Um, you know, we can see the tendencies in our close friends. We can see the tendencies in each other. And uh, we need the kind of friends that will step in and, and they, will, they will offer wise counsel and they will, they will offer loving correction and they will speak truth and wisdom into our lives. And then we've got faithful commitment. So to cultivate these sorts of friendships, we need to be faithfully committed. Uh, and friendship requires commitment. You know, it means actually being there for each other. Um, so Proverbs 27 verse 10 says, Better is a neighbour who is near than a brother who is far away. And, uh, you know, it's important to be present in our, in our relationships, in our friendships. It's important to, to do life together, to actually spend time with each other. You know, practically this could like celebrating an occasion, maybe a birthday, a wedding, a, a party, maybe eating together. You know, committed to spending time together as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, that's, that's really important, you know. It, pro- pro- proximity is important. Um, and Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So people like to get together, don't they, have casual fun. And people like to do that. But, but often if a situation or a friendship gets a little bit difficult or it's going to cost a little bit too much of our time or our energy, then, we, uh, then people run away. You know, then people don't, they don't like to go that little bit deeper. Um, and you, you especially see... Uh, in times of transition, in times of change, you know who your real friends are. You know who who's actually who sticks around. Um, Hannah and I have moved around a little bit since we got married in the last ten years. We've um, you know, we've moved to Northern Ireland. We've moved back to London. We've moved here. Um, and actually, one thing that that's really important is our, our friends um, have remained constant no matter what, no matter where we've moved, no matter how much things have changed in our lives, our situations, our circumstances. Our, our friends have remained the same and they've been faithful to us and we've been faithful to them even though sometimes these friendships look a little bit different now you know, we might not be as close and might not see each other as much there's actually over over years and years of 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 there's been a lot of faithfulness a lot of um kind of investment in those relationships which which mean that in those times of transition actually we stick by each other and like i said they look a little bit different but they're just as deep but we need to be those kind of friends that stick around through thick and thin, especially in times of uh, adversity. Now, real friendships takes time. It takes time to grow and develop. And you might be thinking, like, this sounds crazy hard. Like, that's, is that even possible? And, uh, you know, all this, all this time, all this loving correction, this wise counsel, this faithful commitment. And uh, I think, yes, the answer is yes, it is, it is hard. Like, it is really hard to do friendship well. Um, but you know what? It's even harder going through life without without friends, and it's even harder going through life with just kind of a bunch of acquaintances and a bunch of companions, um, and no one who really knows you or who you really know and who who committed to one another. Um, you know that's much harder, I think. So I think it's it's worth it. You know, it's worth investing in in friendships, and it's worth doing it wisely. And it is possible. It is possible to do it well. Um, so. Even though it sounds hard, I just want to encourage you guys, like it is, it is possible. So just kind of just, I think, moving, coming into a close a little bit, I'm just aware of the time. And 
when the Bible talks about friendship, it has loads to say about friendship with each other, with one another. Um, but ultimately, the, the Bible points to friendship with God. So you just want to spend a bit of time looking at that before we finish. Um, isn't that like an, an incredible concept? When you, when you actually think about it, that the, the maker of the universe wants to be our friend, that our creator wants to have a friendship with us. You know, God doesn't just desire our worship, our service and our honour. Um, he actually wants to be your friend. And uh, I think that sometimes I used to think that sounded a bit cheesy, actually. Like, you know, God wants to be your friend. And there's a song a while back when I was younger, and it was like, I'm a friend of God. I don't even know that one. We don't do it here. Um, but we, I used to hate leading it because I used to think, oh, man, that's so cheesy. I don't want to sing that. Um, but actually, when you think about it, you know, it is an incredible thing. What What, what is friendship? And that, that, that God wants to be our friend. Um, but how is that even possible? You know, how's that, how's that possible? How can we be friends with God when all of us have, have fallen short um, as friends to those around us, you know? Um, well, the answer is Jesus. And Jesus was the perfect friend. He was, uh, he was betrayed. Even though he was betrayed, he lays life down for his friends. And Proverbs prevents, uh, presents the ideal friend, but it takes us on a path of wisdom, which ultimately leads us to Christ, um, who perfectly embodied wisdom. Uh, he was the perfect friend. Jesus was the perfect friend. He was always faithful. He always corrected in love. He, uh, he always gave perfectly wise counsel, and he was always committed no matter what. And yet, even though he was a faithful friend, um, he was betrayed by Judas, who was one of his closest friends, part of his inner circle for three years. And, uh, and he was betrayed by Judas, and, and that led to his crucifixion and death on the cross. Uh, John 15 says that a greater love has no one than this, that, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus said this, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And, uh, and Jesus calls us his friends, even though we have been unfaithful friends to him. You know, he has been faithful to us. And uh, Jesus shows us the ultimate act of friendship by laying down his life for his friends uh, on the cross. And because of what Jesus has done for us, we can have friendship with God. He's made it possible. He's made a way that God is no longer distant or separate from us because of our sin. And uh, because of what Jesus has done for us, not only can we have friendship with God, but we can also have loving friendships with, with others, with each other. Um, you know, friendship really happens when two people have something in common. You know, they have a commonality. It could be like a, it could be a football team or it could be a music type of music. It could be a hobby. But that friendship, um, the commonality of that bond might only go that far. Um, but if you have, a, if you have uh, the grace of God in common, you know, if that's what you have in common, the grace of God, then that's a powerful bond. And that's the type of friendship that we need with each other. And the greatest friendship possible is friendship with God. And it's that friendship that makes us good friends to others. So that's, that's everything, I think, for this morning. And I've done it in time. So... Uh, should we pray or should we pass? Are we going to have another song? I think we've got time to have one more song. Is that right? Do you guys want to come up? Why don't we stand together? It says we are... Uh